1: Hi, we're, we're crooked shape and, and you're, you're listening know. to Jay Scott on the
2: Hook Rock. Check out our debut self-titled album out
3: now. You know she made me rock and roll again.
2: Everybody. Welcome back to The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. I'm your host, Jay Scott. Thanks for tuning in again. Thanks for listening. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, great platform of music-related podcasts. A great, gosh, there's so much different styles of podcasts and music-related topics that are covered on Pantheon. There's something there for everyone. You can check out some of my friends, like the Shout Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus the Hanging and Banging with Carmen Peace, Vinnie Apice, and Ron and Mistress Carrie out on the East Coast. Martin Popoff, the rock historian. And also, Cobras and Fire out there in Minnesota. I've had Baco on the show, too, as well. He's a great guy. And uh, follow them on Twitter at Pantheon Pods. You can also look them up, pantheonpodcast.com, Check them out on Facebook. You can also follow The Hook Rocks on Twitter at The Hook Rocks. Look us also. Look us up also on Facebook and follow us wherever you do podcasts on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, on any platform. And don't forget to set your app to automatic download. So you get the latest and greatest hook rocks episode right to your phone, makes your commute to work so much more enjoyable, makes your honey do list so much more exciting and it lessens the stress you have in your life. It's guaranteed to do that. Of course, I'm joking. At any rate, uh, Check out some of our recent episodes. We just had Aaron Alden on the From the Real Me podcast, which tackles Teen Cancer America or sponsored by Teen Cancer America. It's a charity that was developed by Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend of The Who, where it talks about the healing power of music and how they work with teenagers and young adults to write and produce music, write and produce their songs. It's very inspiring, so check that out. All the stories are on the Real Me podcast. We also introduced her. Interviewed Phil Lewis from LA Guns, as well as some new bands, The Odd Even and also Seven Stones. So check those out. We have some more coming up too as well. Some great new music spotlights around the holidays. The year is almost over, folks. And we're going to be talking about the year in rock with our next guest. so excited to have these guys on. We've been talking about doing this for a while. I had the coincidental meeting with one of their hosts at a recent concert in chicago i'd like to welcome in aaron daniel casey from the itch Rockin' and radio podcast how are you guys great thank you for having us yeah
1: we're, we're doing well thank you
2: doing awesome. fantastic <laughs> awesome well hey man glad to have you guys on board glad to have you guys uh on the hook rocks i know Uh, to tell the story that we were talking about offline before we began. I had the the pleasure of meeting Aaron at the Dead Dead show recently in Chicago. Just by chance, we were uh, both in the same section uh, as as the concert was going on, and he started talking to me. I started talking to him. I looked down at his shirt, and it's got the Itch podcast logo. There it is. That that one of you members is is wearing uh, today, but... I'm like, hey, I, I think I kind of know you. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, he's like, what do you mean? I go, I'm Jay Scott from The Hook Rocks. He's like, oh, no way. So we, we talked. It was great. It made the concert so much better. It was a great show. But again, oh, yeah. it was nice to finally you know put a face to a name, which is what we do so often on here. We, we basically hear people instead of see people. But it's great to have you guys finally on. Great to finally coordinate this. I look forward to the discussion. Yeah. Thank you. Me too.
4: Yes.
1: <laughs> Lesson Gosh. learned. If you, if you have merch of your own podcast,
2: wear it, it'll come in handy once in a while. That shirt was designed by Aaron too. Yeah. My, my my head was like, wait a minute, hold on. What's going on? Like <laughs> I know that logo. And, <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs>
1: no, that was a super fun concert. And that, I think that day was my might've been my first show's back again since the pandemic wow. and so it was it was already a memorable day because i've been to riot fest earlier yeah and then in the evening left riot fest to go see the dead deads and so it was just it was a whole memorable thing and yeah um it was definitely cool to see to see you there yeah. and and to have somebody to be at shows with since i'm in chicago and dan
2: and kc are in st louis hey man anytime you want to hit a show together i think i might be done for the rest of the year <laughs> although yngwie Malmstein is playing in a couple of weeks and I may go check that out, but Ooh. there's a whole bunch of stuff happening after the first year, as you know, there's been a lot of shows announced. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been to, I think, 16 or 17 shows this year. And that just
4: was, I started in June. Hmm. Okay. So, wow. That's impressive. <laughs> that is good. That is good. Your, yeah. your kids, like you said, are obviously much older. <laughs>
3: <Yes>. <laughs>
1: but Jay's, got, Jay's got an insane work ethic for this show. And, and you know. Going to shows, I'm pretty sure you'd do that anyway, but all the better when you can get, you know, use it as material as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, um, it is. It's, it's, it's definitely a busy hobby. It's it's one that I enjoy. Love talking music. I mean, it's either watch TV and hear all the, you know, horrible things on the news and, <laughs> and why we should be, be scared of everything and or yeah. talk rock and roll three, four times a week. So that's kind of <laughs> where I'm at in my life that's a good spot to be (laughs) you made made the right call yes yes (laughs) so as you guys know we always start the same way every time we have first-time guests on the podcast and it's really about the show and what we're all about and what the essence is and that question is just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in every rock fan has a moment whether it's a song an album a band or performance that hook them on rock and roll what was it for you guys
5: Who wants to start?
1: One <laughs> of you guys is going to have to start because I'm trying to pinpoint if there actually is right. like, a moment. I think I just slid I'll, into it.
5: I'll go ahead and start. Do it. My, my parents were huge into classic rock, and um, my dad actually played music and was in a band with my uncle and my mom. And um, my dad took me to my first concert at 13, which was The Who. So it was a, a very memorable experience so rock and roll was always around at my household growing up and uh, left a pretty substantial impact on me still to this day obviously
4: (laughs) yeah mine was kind of the same my mom was huge into classic rock we listened to the same station that Casey grew up on Uh, and but for me like the, the thing that really hooked me was when I, I think it was 1996, Christmas of 96, actually, I got the Metallica Load album for Christmas, and I will never forget that because I just became a huge Metallica fan and just, you know, started going down the rabbit hole from there.
1: <laughs> See, I, I, didn't, I didn't get quite that upbringing. I grew up around what's called CCM or Contemporary Christian Music. And so there's rock in there, but it's most of it was not good. Um, somewhere along the lines, I just started sort of morphing or finding the bands that were good in that genre and then morphing also outside of it and discovering more things. And I just, I don't remember exactly when it was, but like I remember early on, I would get, I got like cassettes from like the Cranberries and I think Primus might've been one of my first CDs. Um, and so somewhere along the line, I distinctly remember having the thought, of I don't know why bands would make music without distortion when they have the option of making music with <laughs> distortion. <laughs> and I don't entirely feel that way today, but I still oftentimes
2: do. <laughs> so you guys have a, a wide variety of, of, of influences. You guys come from different places with your music. Uh, how did you guys all start? how did you guys all meet? <laughs>
4: Me and Casey have known each other since we were 15, I think, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, we've known each other
5: since sophomore year of high school.
4: Yeah, Um, just, I don't know, just kind of were drawn to each other somehow, and then (laughs) got became really good friends freshman year of college when we went to the same school, and and that's where we all kind of met, was freshman year of college, uh, and found that we all had a love of the same music, and we wanted to share that love with the radio station, but the radio station that we were at only played adult contemporary. And the previous rock show that was on the station notoriously went down in flames. <laughs> um, and, and so we just knew that, like, it, and you know, it, as we became friends that we would all have to really prove ourselves if we wanted to achieve our goal, because we all had the same goal of, of becoming, you know, kind of just working on the radio and playing music and sharing music for everybody.
1: Yeah. Our interests aligned because we, you know, we, we liked each other. We liked music and we're all communication majors. So we were vying for, for time slots on the radio station in in St. Charles. And, uh, and so that became our pitch for, for what would become then the itch radio
5: show. Yeah. And we continued it on after college because we um, were still around and they still let us do it. So <laughs> until the pandemic, we uh, did the show for about 16 years. And then uh, the pandemic happened and shut us down for almost two years now. But uh, we're getting ready to uh, go back here in a little bit. <laughs> Super excited.
1: <Yeah>. Every <laughs> Sunday night, three hours of mostly hard rock music. You know, we, we move a little bit in different directions to the sides of that. But that's the that's our meat and potatoes.
2: So the, so the adult contemporary <laughs> station that you guys worked at, you guys weren't buying any Michael Bolton or John Cicada albums
4: at that point.
3: Were you? <laughs> no, it, it was worse
4: than that. It was <laughs> like Scissor Sisters and. Oh, wow. Uh, Wilson yeah. Phillips.
1: <laughs> it was. Um, how did I describe um, it? On Melissa
2: Etheridge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's not too was, bad though. That's not too well, it,
4: bad. It's just, no, yeah, it, it wasn't us. It, it could have been worse before we got there before it was we, actually yeah. all bluegrass. So, okay. Um, we were at least blessed to not have to sit through that
1: <laughs> i like bluegrass but but even I, then yeah. a whole station
4: all the time
6: yeah
1: i mean i can much. stand it like for college song on a college and there. There. yeah you know
2: aaron so. the next time todd snyder plays this place chicago we gotta go
1: i, d- I d- i'm not familiar but now i will have to be
2: yes todd snyder's like a bluegrass folk singer he's awesome all right. <laughs> awesome. right i'm in Definitely. Enjoy. He's like a great storyteller, too, with like in between the in between the songs. Very funny. Look him up on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> I you'll, love you'll, you'll You'll definitely enjoy it.
1: Chris Thiele is is one of my favorites, and he's, he's the same exact way. It's half of his show is virtuoso talent and the
2: other half is charisma and absurd banter from yes. the stage. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. So as far as you guys, you know, during the pandemic, you started the podcast. Was that was that
4: started because of the pandemic? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Aaron had been <laughs> nagging us to do it for for years honestly and and i looking back at it, I really wish we would have taken that time to uh, get started sooner because we've we've made a lot of ground and just met some incredible people in a year and a mm-hmm. half uh and and so yeah we it was because of the podcast that forced us to do it because we went a whole month without doing the radio show and i was like i gotta i gotta do something i gotta talk about music <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta get i gotta i gotta get out dan yeah. the, how how it started
1: the podcast proper started was dan texted casey and I and he was like hey do you guys want to get together and just talk about music for a while <laughs> because it had been like two months since we've been able to do the show and i was like this is my moment i can get them <laughs> i can make something out of this <laughs> And so, it fin- all of again, all of our interests aligned. We really wanted to talk music, but we didn't have a radio station then. So, but podcasting has an incredibly low barrier to entry. So yes, <laughs> we just yes. we just started one and started
2: rolling. It's basically just you know a pulse and uh, you know a heartbeat. Basically, you can, start, yeah, yeah. you can start a podcast.
1: Yeah, a mic and like ten bucks a month, and you're good for somebody <laughs> to host
2: the thing, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it's the tr- it's the truth, but. I do find that though with a lot of rock music fans is that we love talking music just as much as we like listening as mm-hmm. well. Like that, yeah. that kind of feeds the beast, so to speak, right? You know, when you're talking amongst friends or you're talking amongst other rock fans, it helps you discover other music. It helps give you a different perspective on what maybe someone else is hearing through their ears. Uh it's a very interesting aspect. I don't know if a lot of other genres Are like that. I've never experienced. Obviously, I'm not a country music fan, so I don't know. You know what? What (laughs) they sit around? You know, a table and talk about country music or pop music. I don't really think that really happens with pop music (laughs) (laughs) because most pop music fans are music consumers. You know, they're not. Mm -hmm. uh, They're not fans. But in my opinion, Uh, but yeah, I just (laughs) I I think that um, with rock and roll, everybody. I don't know if there's another genre that has its fans be so passionate about the music and is what's interesting about you guys is I'm a little bit older and you guys have you guys are rock fans but you guys are kind of like the rock fans that came after my group which is really cool which is really cool because admittedly it took me a while to get used to that style that came into play after eighties rock after all the glam scene after you know bands like Priest and Maiden, you had like the surge in flannels and and right. and and uh you know more important themes and lyrics to their to their songs, and at first, it was such a culture shock because you're so used to, i mean you know people like to bag on eighties rock, but that was around for good 13 years from like the early eighties, yeah. you know, to the early early to mid nineties. So mm-hmm. it really did have sustaining power. It wasn't just 15 minutes and it was gone. So as a kid growing up in that and listening to it, you were kind of used to that mold of music and then boom, it was gone. And you had Nirvana and you had Pearl yeah. Jam, you had Alice in Chains and Soundgarden, which Soundgarden and Alice in Chains I, I connected with immediately because they had a little bit more of a harder edge for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Pearl Jam and Nirvana, it took me a while. I'm still trying to find my connection with Nirvana. But, you know, and, and as I've gotten older, I've learned to appreciate and like Pearl Jam a lot more. But there were so many other bands that came after that too. But it's really cool to hear your perspective on music because it's kind of like right after my perspective, right after what I went through. So that's why I appreciate what you guys do.
5: Yeah. And that's, that's what's so interesting with the, with our show is we kind of tried to model it after our radio show and just kind of discuss the music that we would tip, typically be playing from week to week. But then also additionally, the cool part is becoming friends with shows like yourself and just numerous other shows that we've become friends with. And it's, it's such a huge community. And, you know, it's funny. You, you mentioned, us being a little younger, well, we've become friends with a, a show that's a little younger than us, yeah. which is even, <laughs> even yeah. more interesting. So it's 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 this giant circle, but we're all connected, and it's it's really cool.
1: I think one of my first memories of when, encountering the Hook was listening to the the twenty twenty like top twenty countdown at the end, and I thought it was fantastic because I'm like, we're both rock radio show or rock podcasts. I think we had one album in common uh between the two of us, because because like you said, like your your stuff is that you guys tend to gravitate towards is a little more influenced by you know classic rock sounds, southern rock sounds, maybe blues um, rock, yeah, blues rock, yeah, and and a, a lot of what we gravitate towards is influenced by '90s sounds, by the grunge and the like, alternative metal and that new kind metal. of thing. What's that? And new metal, new metal, yeah, metal, new yeah. metal, um, and that kind of stuff. I think the album for the record, I believe it was the Rival Sons album, if I'm not mistaken. Feral Roots, great album. Yeah, which yeah, ranked exactly. super high, maybe even number one on both of our lists. Yeah, and... Yes, it was. <laughs> and so yes. I thought that was great that we had this. We we're both in the rock world, but the Venn diagram of the overlap was so small, just because there's that much good music out there across the spectrum. Yeah,
2: yeah. no, I, I I totally agree. Um, I think that's great. I I know a lot of people from you know my group of of music rock music fans. Really and still to this day, resist mm-hmm. the era that came after the alternative era, if you will. You know, yeah. I, I hear it all the time. No good rock music has come out since after 90, 1992, which is <laughs> complete BS. Oh yeah. Um, it, 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 it. I mean, to hear that uh, to me is disappointing, especially now that there is such a resurgence of newer bands. And mm-hmm. new rock and EW, um, and, and what's happening in the scene today. And that's really what we're going to talk about is when you look pre pandemic and you look at the conversation and you look at the words that were used to describe rock music, those words were irrelevant. Those words were rock is dead. Those words were there's no good new bands. Uh, that was the perception of mainstream music fans. Um, whether you're in the US or any other country. And at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of us felt like, man, this could be the final nail in the coffin for rock music because rock music relies so much on the live show, live, relies so much on the live entity and connecting with its fans when you go see them. I mean, that's how you really become a, a real rock fan is once you see it live, it's in your blood, whether it's, Pearl Jam, whether it's Metallica, whether it's Motley Crue, whether it's Santana, once you see it and once you feel that synergy with a crowd, you can't get rid of it. You can't shake it. So not having the tour, you're not having you know a, a tour or any band's touring it you know if if you will, a lot of us felt like man this is going to be bad for yeah. rock music, uh, and I think quite the opposite has happened. I think probably starting in late fourth quarter or mid fourth quarter of 2019 or no 2020 gosh yeah the last year yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah. it's so hard to, <laughs> to, 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 to <laughs> capture time the long long ago right yeah. but <laughs> the, it really, times <laughs> i think it really started with that acdc album in november of last year because everybody was sitting at home everybody was looking for something different and you had this band that Everyone's looked at as kind of old, reliable, you know, ACDC has released the same album for 30, some 30 plus years, almost 40 years. And here they are releasing power up, which is a tribute to Malcolm young, but they used his recorded riffs, um, you know, in, in the album. And everybody seemed to connect with that album and rally around that record. And I think it propelled the resurgence, if you will, into 2021 with so much great music, like every week you're turning around and you're like, oh, my God, there's a new great album out. Oh, geez, there's a new great <laughs> album. I mean, it's, a, yeah. it's been nonstop right. uh, since about probably February, March. It's been about yeah. nonstop. And I think it's great for all of us who are rock fans to see that resurgence. And I think the conversation is totally different now. I think the conversation is what's next. How is this going to keep building? How is this going to keep growing? I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on that.
5: Yeah, I think um, one of the things, other than just you know shows not existing and bands not being able to tour, a lot of bands I think were just confused on what they should do with the new music that they had and should they release it now? Should they wait until it's over until it's over and they can tour again? Or what or should we scrap that and remake a whole nother album? You know, it, uh-huh. it, I, th- I think a lot of artists took a lot of different directions. And and the end result was we have tons of stuff that's been released and going to be released. And it's it's a fantastic time to be a fan of rock music, I think.
4: Well, I don't think I, I was I was never worried. And one of the reasons why is because one of the things that brings rock people together is that all of us use rock music as our therapy and throughout the time, you know, of of the pandemic, you know, a lot of us either resorted to listening to the tons of music or, you know, soaking up as much music as we possibly could. Or if you're an artist, you know, they spent that time writing music. And I think that's what we're seeing now is just the fruits of all that labor, whether it's like Casey said, they went into the studio and kind of just kept tweaking stuff that they already had recorded or that they use that time to, Record stuff, and then now it's it's coming out. It's been produced and mixed and everything, and it's and we're seeing the fruits of that labor is what I I think is happening now.
1: Yeah, I think I remember the first probably handful of months of the podcast, we made repeated mentions of how we were basically waiting for music to start coming out because everybody was sitting on the albums that they had finished because for for sensible reasons, um, and so we were struggling at that point to find nearly enough new stuff that was worth talking about and then it was like you know as soon as things started to open up again a little bit or kind of like you mentioned probably fourth quarter last year it was like i don't know somebody just like shook up a bottle of soda and opened it up and there's just new music <laughs> everywhere spraying yeah. the new music all over the true. place
4: true it's hard yeah. to keep up with yeah, yeah. yeah. And,
1: and so yeah it, and, and half of these albums like dan was talking about they were completed pre-pandemic and they're just now coming out, or sometimes they would. We've now we had this cool guest feature, or we got to add these parts to this song. And so the stuff that's coming out is oftentimes better than it would have been at that time, even though we had to, to wait through that delay.
6: And
4: I think that the the rock industry got smarter. I mean, even myself, as you know, I, I, I can say that I'm still a stubborn uh, <laughs> CD buyer. So am but I. But I, I think that... <laughs> whether it's record companies or artists themselves just got smarter in how they release music. You know, they're releasing a single at a time. They're not, they're not like releasing that one single and then like, okay, there's the album. And then we're going to release another single and we're going to release another single. They've been releasing all the singles prior to the album coming out. And like, once that album comes out, it's like, yeah, well it's out, you know, you can get everything now. So yeah. I, I just, and it's, it's cheaper, obviously products because they don't have to worry about the the casing and and the packaging and all that stuff. I was talking to a
2: member of a of a newer band in January, uh, after we after we were recording after we recorded the podcast that he was on and and he said everyone's swinging for the fences mm. with these new albums that are coming out and he wasn't lying yeah. because I, I can't I can't think of I could probably count the the albums that I haven't I sh- I shouldn't say I never like to use the word bad but I haven't connected with. Yeah. Probably on on one hand, um, whereas the opposite is, you know, I, I'm thinking about doing the year end list that we always do, mm-hmm. and I just had a panic attack. Like, <laughs> gosh, like, like, who am I going to leave out? Right, <laughs> you know right. What I mean? It's going to be such a difficult decision because there's so many great albums and it's not just like the new bands too there's some legacy artists that are releasing oh, yeah. some really good stuff right now jerry cantrell just released a fantastic album la Guns' new album is absolutely just crushes it um d snyder's leave a scar is just mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic um and then you've got your new bands you've got your like as, as we saw the dead deads and you have uh jesus mammoth pretty reckless um mm-hmm so many bands that are just Mastodon just came out with their brand new album. Was it last week or the week before? Yeah. A couple weeks ago. That's an absolute masterpiece.
4: Um, Well, and then like, we just, I, I don't know about you, but I know me and Aaron watched a whole bunch of welcome to Rockville this past weekend that streamed live on, uh, you know, an app this this weekend and it, it was amazing. Like seeing all these young artists like White Collar and Broken Love, like there were some really, really good young bands there. Uh The Warning was another one. Dorothy, oh, yeah. which I th- I think Dorothy's kind of been around. But you know, these are still bands that I hadn't even heard about until this stream. And I had a fantastic weekend of watching <laughs> concerts all, all weekend. Like it was so awesome. But it was a lot of fun. But but you know and that's it's funny dude I, I did want to mention that because like rock definitely feeds off the 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 fans because i love watching concerts on on the television but those concerts wouldn't be the same if there wasn't a crowd in front of the artists like right. you know if they're just playing in a studio it's not the same feeling they don't get that same energy as what they would in front of a, a giant crowd like like they did
2: yeah the, the warning is an incredible band uh th- those three sisters man I mean, the arrangements of those songs and the power of those songs is just absolutely incredible.
1: And their fans are rabid.
2: Yes, I was, they so, are. So,
1: yeah, I was, we were watching this this stream on Twitch and there was a chat going on the whole time. And, you know, people are excited about a lot of bands. But f- the warning, I believe, was the last day of four. Yes. And their people were in there all four days, like waiting and hyping it up, just being overjoyed to see the warning and so like they probably were the most mentioned band just in that chat room which was very interesting to me
2: yeah i had them on the show at the end of september and i experienced their their fan base which was awesome (laughs) it was incredible (laughs) yes i
1: think i heard that one. they had a lot of energy yeah i I listened to
2: that one as well yeah
1: yeah they were fun (laughs) <laughs> but i think you're touching on a couple of really interesting things in there uh in terms of you know where rock has been this year and where it's going like like you mentioned we got these these legacy artists um coming out with with stuff like the iron maiden album came out was met very positively as well and they're like you know metal ogs right there so yes. <laughs> um and then you have these throwback artists you mentioned you mentioned mammoth who is sort of in between you know he's he's comes from a legacy but he himself is is a A fresh young man (laughs) and then you then you got bands like dirty honey that has a very distinct classic rock sound to them and their their albums picked up a lot of steam it's a very good one um and so you have a lot of these like either you know people who come from from this uh, the past of rock and are still relevant in the present d snyder was a great mention that guy's probably more important to rock today than he was you know, whenever his initial hit came out. And so, um, and then you have bands like like Dan had mentioned, talking, some of these ones that were performing at uh, the festival. There's a lot of younger bands and a lot of bands that are so diverse. Like there's a lot of women-led bands that are, that, are, that are super hot right now that are picking up steam. You know, the Hailstorm Evanescence tour is coming around. The Dead Deads that we both loved. Um, we just talked with Eva Under Fire. It was really cool um
4: plush is another band that's making head headway
1: yeah you have bands that are that are young you have bands that are diverse um like there's rockers of color there was a band called hero the band that performed at great band at rockville yeah and then and it's it's cool to see and i think that's what's resonating with younger uh music fans as well is seeing the music branch out um to being to, to to visibly being a thing for everyone if that makes sense.
4: And I feel that it's always, it always has been. It's just now yeah. visibly, you, you know, there, yeah. because yeah. The, you know, there's been bands that I've enjoyed from all over the world. Oh yeah. But you just don't, you know, you don't see where, you know, you don't see them all the time. Cause they're not really touring all the time. Things like that.
2: Yeah, Th- that is true because I had a conversation with Chris Lane, who's the guitar player for the band station. And they're, they're a very, uh, throwback to the you know a A aor music like journey Mm. and night ranger that kind of style and he did say something really important in the interview where years ago it was the scene in hollywood right it was the sunset strip then it was seattle now the scene is so global where a band that you may have never heard of 25 years ago has the access to get their music in front of fans that they would never have done years ago. And I think that's so important and so huge. We talked about the warning just now. They're from Mexico City. And I don't know if they would have the same pull outside of Latin America had it been the mid-90s, you know, had it been mid-80s. I don't know if if they would have that huge fan base at such an early stage of their career because of the internet because right, of yeah. streaming platforms because of social media and i think that's awesome
4: i think that's great yeah and- i think that's one thing that's led to where we are exactly with rock is that you have so such ease of access to music now that everybody can get their music out there and not only that but like we have as listeners have the ability to just Listen to music all, from all over the place. Like we have different apps, we have different, uh, you know, radio sources. Like you have satellite radio, have normal radio, I, and that's what I, I appreciate. There's just so much places to where you can listen to music, and it's you don't have to pay for it all the time. Like that's that's what I absolutely love. I, I can sit there and preview <laughs> music and then buy it if I wanted to.
5: Right. Well, and and not only that, but just you, we talk about ease of access, but you know, with the pandemic we're recording on Zoom right now. That wasn't really a thing until until the pandemic uh, happened and because of that we're able to talk to artists during the pandemic and and being a podcast that didn't quite happen as frequently as it does now and that's that's another you know new thing that didn't exist a few years ago. So it's just <laughs> kind of nuts
4: <laughs> yeah that's perfect that's actually a great thing that, uh, to mention is that, that artists are more accessible nowadays like like you said we can interview them with zoom but they're also more accessible through social media like twitter they respond like i i know you know bands like from ashes to new all good things nonpoint all of those band members are responsible for their social media outlets and they will go on there and respond to every single one of their fans and it's just you didn't have that or at least it didn't feel that close like that you were close to members or had access to that accessibility, you know, 20 years ago, you just didn't, unless you were stalking them at the concert.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great point. Like both of those, you got, you have the ease of you don't, you don't have to pay all this money, money into these fancy studios. Like there are ways to get around those
4: things and to be a little more self-made. It's not jelly easy. Roll is a good example of that. I mean, it's not easy. Oh. He worked at jelly roll. Jelly He's roll a good example of that he worked his ass off he's made like what did we say like 12 albums or something like that something but like he's that. Just now coming around he's like I, I said this to hannah i was like he's like a minor leaguer that's like been in the minor leagues for all these years and just now getting his chance in the big leagues yeah <laughs> and there's so many ways to do
1: that and, and like you mentioned a lot of it can be you can make a name for yourself just by having a great um you know interactions with your listeners on on social media you can you can there's a million ways to put your music out you know Bandcamp and soundcloud and all the spotify and the streaming platforms you can you can get famous artists yeah (laughs) yeah that's a good point too (laughs) you can you can get famous by almost pure accident with things like tiktok like there's a band that i'm a big fan of called mother mother and they've been around for 15 years um and just over the pandemic they blew up because a few songs from a decade-old album Randomly became sensations on TikTok for a few months, and so now they have this whole new wave of fans that had never heard of them before, based on music that is, to, for their purpose of their career, ancient. And so it's crazy the ways that you can, and uh, that you can you know build
2: followings. Yeah. What do you guys think of the the idea that rock and roll is being redefined? The, the the idea that people are redefining rock music. To me, rock music has always been guitar driven. Mm. It's always been, you know, guitar vocals up front. You know, get the pounding drums and the rhythm section behind it. And now it seems like we're defining acts that would never be labeled as rock music as rock music i think of like post malone for instance you know yeah
6: um that yeah.
4: along that
2: same line yeah, yeah. Same and kind of i music. and i and i struggle with that because I, I i feel i feel because the genre of rock has struggled the past two decades mm-hmm. there's this attempt to encroach it on on the genre mm-hmm.
5: I, I see what you're saying and i i agree with what you're saying but we as as the itch we don't Typically like to subcategorize things. I mean, we, we accept that there are subcategorizations, but the way I kind of like to look at it is rock is like ice cream. Like there's all sorts of different flavors of ice cream, but it's still ice cream. And that's kind of <laughs> how I feel about rock music. That's there's awesome. all different, there's all different rock sounds, but it's all rock music and it can, it can go together in this Neapolitan type of, uh,
2: you mean it's not like sherbert
3: (laughs) (laughs) frozen yogurt
4: but i I also disagree with what you said with you know it being guitar driven because there's a time in like the 80s where a lot of it was keyboard and synth driven and it's like rock music tends to go with the fads and it kind of unfortunately goes along with pop music in the sense that like whatever is popular like whatever kind of sound seems to be popular in pop music a lot of artists tend to kind of you know, very, you know, have some kind of variant of that sound. And it just tends to meld. Like, you know, I think back in the early 2000s and Papa Roach, by the way, is a great, if you want to know the way that rock music is going, just listen to Papa Roach, like the (laughs) 20 year career that that band's been around. They're the chameleons of rock. Whatever trend is happening in rock, they're doing it. Uh, And so like, you know, it It, started out early (laughs) 2000s. They were rap rock band. They switched to late 2000s to kind of an emo rock band. Cause that was the trend. Now they're, they're doing like electronic dance music kind of mixed in with their, their rock music. And it's just, that's, that's why I love pop Roach, but like, I think that's what is great about rock music is that it, it can associate all these different things, be the same thing, like your ice cream. Uh, and, and still, you know, have guitar, have that, that thing that I consider makes it rock music. Basically, in my opinion, if you bob your head, if you're rocking your head, it's rock music.
1: <laughs> if Dan's gritting his teeth, then it's rock music. Yes. that's <laughs> how... <laughs> Man, no, those are some good points. I agree with that. And the pop roach thing, by the way, is definitely meant to be a compliment. Um, yes. they're not following trends necessarily. They, they find uh, ways they are, to, yeah. well, they find ways to incorporate those sounds in, into making good music of their own. Um, but man, I don't know. The, uh, I think, um, cause the person I think of when you talk about that is, is, well, I think of how, you know, top 40 songs that are in the top 40, I think it seems like kind of what you're getting at is rock seems to have less of a presence in there, but there are other things that we might not as more purists <laughs> qualify as such that are, that are showing up. And I think of also someone like machine gun Kelly, who is known as a rapper, decided to make uh to become a pop punk artist and because he is so such a big name i had i was sitting there thinking about that whenever that his album came out last year i'm like is this a good thing for rock or a bad thing yeah like like is (laughs) is him joining the fray like elevating the you know genre the genre of rock music in the popular opinion again or is he just a poser or (laughs) <laughs> Where on this spectrum it's probably some of all of any of it's, these things if it but was
4: terrible i would i would have it, it it's actually it's not a bad album it's not bad i can't say him it's as bad. a person he's such a douchebag as a person but that, <laughs> that album was actually pretty good but he's such an interesting example of that though yeah no yeah. i agree that's, that's a good
2: point. i just you know i i don't want to be the you know get off my lawn old dude <laughs> <laughs> right, right um because i do like i do i try to be open to new styles and in, in in new music but and i'm i'm not just talking about you know recent trends of rock and roll or 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 before these recent trends of rock and roll i should say but all the way back to like chuck berry and and mm-hmm. um you know the beatles and the stones and all that has come with it, it rock and roll has has evolved mm-hmm. and i'm not the biggest fan of subgenres um in terms of labeling a band, I I I basically there's there's four four or five labels for me. There's pop rock, rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and thrash. And probably punk. Uh-huh. So I'll probably put a, a, a you know, yeah. you know, I, I know there's the stoner rock genre, I which is basically Black Sabbath's it's first like, four albums, you know, influence. Yeah. But I, I don't like to do subgenres and I don't want to be that like, well, this isn't rock and roll. But when I do see bands Nominated for Grammys, which we shouldn't care Uh, about the Grammys to begin with. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I'm like, these aren't rock bands. Or when I hear the person, the band win best rock performance, who was it? The, the, who was it last year? The Killers? Well, the Killers, I would still count as a rock band. Yeah, people like, I'm trying to remember who won the, but they said in their press conference afterwards that blues rock is, 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 should just go away. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, blues rock is why you're up there. Right. right I mean yeah and and, and so I, I have a tough time with that kind of forced evolution of it. I yeah. believe it's being forced, yeah, and and
5: that's that's the problem that you have with certain artists is they they don't know their history of what came before them, and they don't respect what came before and they think that they came up with a new trend, but (laughs) they kind of just followed a trend that happened 20, 30 years ago. And so to those artists that that's the down, the downside, but a lot of the artists uh, like Greta Van Fleet's a good example. You know, a lot of people, you either, you either love them or you don't (laughs) because you think that they're a knockoff of
2: Led Zeppelin. So
1: (laughs) yeah, they're either the Zeppelin revival or, Zeppelin wannabes, depending on your take.
2: And I'm a huge Led Zeppelin fan, and I love Greta. And I always find it interesting when hardcore Zeppelin fans state, oh, they're ripping off Led Zeppelin. And I'm like, well, Led Zeppelin ripped off everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, everybody. And then everybody <laughs> ripped off them. And so it's just like, it's, yeah, it's all, so it's, like, it's I all, all going to keep were, happening. Zeppelin was actually taken to court like
4: yes. four or
3: five yeah, <laughs> times. That's true. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Can I just state, though, that, that the Grammys suck? Yeah, uh, and do. they have for like <laughs> yes, ten years, because honestly, <laughs> they don't know what the hell they're doing. They haven't nominated a good rock category. Like you know, the the last time that I think anybody was nominated that was relevant for the category in rock was back when why uh, Tim K Tim Cummingford. Jumped on the, or, well, that was that was that was music that was MTV Music ward wasn't it? So the Grammys have never been relevant. The Grammys, right? Since <laughs>
5: since uh what uh Nirvana unplugged or whatever, you know. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: but it, but it goes to the point though. Yes, the Grammys do suck, and no <laughs> no serious rock fan should ever think that the Grammys are the the you know the the judge and jury of rock yeah. music. Right, but when you do see the nominations out there, that's when you know a person like myself goes, "Why are we trying to do, to redefine black right. music?" You know, yeah, and you're, and I think that's where the core issue. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think, I think they know exactly what they're doing, and what they're doing is
1: pushing something deliberately that is mo- a little more accessible, and that will probably gain them, you know, more. Viewers. ratings or whatever viewers for the shows and all
4: that stuff well it's but it's, it's the ria trying to sell records because right. artists don't make money off of records
1: well that's the thing is it's these shows like that you have to understand what their place is and it's 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 all a marketing ploy largely and so if you if you remove the expectation that there's going to be good rock represented and even if there is good rock on the show that it will be televised instead of announced on the internet somewhere without anybody paying attention then that changes a little bit, but I do agree. I think Jay has a point. Cause I look at that and I feel like you're like training people to view rock as something that it definitely isn't. Right. Like you just took the bands that qualify in all these other genres. And for some reason, slid them into this category any instead, or yeah. in addition to when you've already
4: nominated them in pop or hip hop or whatever. Speaking of, so the 2021 rock and roll induction ceremony is going to be on TV this weekend
3: hmm
4: And that is kind of going along exactly with what you were saying because I'm pretty sure one of the nominations was Jay-Z, which is just a bit odd because like the, he's he's not rock, like he's he's definitely oh, no. hip hop. But that's I mean, another I and I'm not saying that like he doesn't deserve to be in the rock and roll hall of fame, but it's just like it's kind of like it goes to what you're saying. Like, are are we including him in rock and roll because or is it just the rock and roll hall of fame? Like, I, I don't know. Where's the where's the line? You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's another eternal discussion. And I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing is, you know, obviously. It's just be called music
4: at this point. The correct. The Hall people
1: who fame. are creating it at this point. I'm, I can't deny the majority of the people that they put in it. I can't are being worthy of being recognized as very yeah. important musicians. Yeah, yeah That's agree. totally accurate. But to call them rock is ob- ob- obviously not accurate half the time. <laughs> as no. far
2: as 2021 goes, we often hear about the new bands that they're not the Led Zeppelin. They're not the Rolling Mm -hmm. Stones. They're not the Beatles. Uh, I hate those comparisons. (laughs) I I, I don't mind someone saying, oh, they sound like a modern day Stones or they sound like a modern day Zeppelin. I don't mind that. Yeah. What I do mind is this dismissal from rock fans who won't even give these new bands a chance because they're not ACDC. They're not called Van Halen. They're not called Iron Maiden. Um. That's disappointing because to me, rock music has given us so much, all four of us on this podcast right now, to to turn our back on the new artists. Uh, it, it, to me, there's no excuse for doing that. I think rock music or new rock music, the new bands that are coming out, I think they're just as good as the Stones, the Beatles and Zeppelin. They don't have to be those bands. No one's ever going to be those bands again. But yeah. there's no there's no reason why a new path cannot be set and yeah. a new journey cannot can you know cannot be started. So, you know, when I hear that dismissal from fans, I mean there's so many great bands. We've mentioned, you know, the dead dads, we've mentioned Greta, we've mentioned Rival Sons, but you know, from from my point of view, there's bands like Joyous Wolf, you know, we mentioned Dirty Honey, Um, Mammoth, Pretty Reckless, all these great bands that are coming out. And there's so much unknown stuff that's not even even close to hitting the mainstream. That's just absolutely phenomenal. Right. Um, I think 2021 is, is really the beginning of that next great, that next great moment in rock history. I think it has all the elements. I think it has all the pillars of success that will be, to, will be when we look back on a 20, 25 years from now, like we're doing, you know, on our podcast a lot, and we talk about those eras of rock that we all were influenced by. I think this era is going to be looked at as one of the greatest moments in rock history because there's so many great bands. There's so many great bands from all over the world that are connecting with fans all over the world that it's, the music is too good to just be forgotten about. Yeah. Yeah. And
5: I mean, and you even got um, bands from the UK, there's a giant UK resurgence right now. And you got bands like nothing but thieves and, boston manor and royal blood royal blood and mr Mr. reens
4: are a great band too bring me the horizons on top of the world right now over there
5: Yeah.
1: yeah yeah the uk's got a lot going on i think i think to jay's point um i've heard it said that that psychologically most people quit caring too much about new new music and that often corresponds with like other priorities taking over in life and time being sucked in and and people like us Though not all, everyone in this conversation has, you know, a family and kids and stuff, but people like us are probably more the exception. And so, I think um, if you if you as a band are trying to chase after the approval of a previous generation, you're probably it's probably a fool's errand. Um, because, like you mentioned, you know, a lot of people are going to compare. You're always going to compare the new stuff to the stuff that you have that strong emotional attachment to from from whatever period of time. Um, unless you're just are a hardcore music fan. Um and so, but I think that there's a lot of room for for excitement about the future, like you mentioned. And I think part of that also includes bands that are like appealing to the the next generations. Like uh two of the sets that, that Dan and I watched at Rockville um were by Bad Flower and Grandson. Um and I, I came I actually as I was thinking about this episode, I, I came up with the term. I call that anxiety rock. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. those two, among a number of other upcoming art, up and coming artists, they're really good at focusing in on the pressures and the stresses that this younger generation feels and communicating them. Um, and so that resonates with people. And those particular issues may or may not resonate with someone in their, their thirties, forties, fifties beyond, but they're definitely going to resonate with people younger than that. And so you kind of have new artists that are bringing in new fans to rock as well. Which is exciting.
4: And, and old, old favorites resurging, resurging to, to help dads like myself feel good, like Limp Bizkit. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> With the dad vibes. With dad vibes. There you go. <laughs> Great year. It's seg- been super
2: fun. To segue into the next question, the next point, which is really the heart of, and in which in will which we'll really determine where Rock goes, is the connection to the youth of today. Mm -hmm. You know, that that 12 year old to 25 year old, obviously on the 25 year into a young adult stage. But really, that all begins when you're in junior high, middle school, developing your ear, developing your taste in music. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I think back of what I enjoy when I started listening to rock music. It was those 10, you know, gosh, even early because I had an older brother. But does the do the new bands have enough in the tank? Or have enough to connect with the youth and keep connecting with the youth. I think that's the biggest question because the youth that of, of today is so much different than than we were, where they're getting pulled in different directions. Right. They're a lot often multi channeling, meaning, you know, they might have a something on a TV and they're looking at their, their iPad or their phone. <laughs> so they're multitasking while they're doing one thing and they're capturing everything but is there enough there for them to have that lifelong connection to what they're hearing today? I hope so. What do you think, Casey? You got a thought?
5: Well, <laughs> I, I, I was going to say it, it's, it's harder to kind of, um, i try, trying to think of how I want to put this. It, it's harder to, see how that will play out with the attention span. Cause like yes. in generations prior attention spans were a lot longer. And then our generation attention spans start getting a little bit shorter. And now the future generations, that's, it's like a vine video. It's only six yeah. seconds. Yeah. So, so I think there are artists out there that are talking about the harder issues and are connecting on a, on a deeper level than typically would Happen in the past and I, th- I would want to think that people would listen to that and connect with it. but I will it happen over time? I'm not, I'm not sure we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> I
1: think the flip side we're talking about how easy it is to make and distribute music. now the flip side of that is that the market is flooded and there are so many bazillions of things at all times trying to buy for your attention. And whenever something has your attention, it doesn't hold it very long to touch on what Casey was saying. Um, you know, music seems a lot, there's so much more of it and it seems a lot more disposable. And so it seems like it's harder. It ha- surely has to be harder for a band today than it was, you know, tw- like 30 years ago to have, to be- become a legacy act to stick around long enough yeah. to to make, you know, a lasting dent for more than a couple of years. So I don't I don't know what direction I think music as it is just continuing to evolve. Like Dan mentioned, I'm trickling them for releasing an album rather than like a lead single and then a few after the album releases. Um, and I don't know if that's you know good or bad for that point, but it's it's hard to do. I, th- I think the, the cream always rises to the top, I think, and, and there will be people who can do it, but it's going to be hard.
4: It's kind of a bit annoying to be honest, because you don't know if those singles are actually going to be on the album. So, like, <laughs> if you're into like buying a single, they yes. bought a single, and then they release the album. and They're like, "Damn it, now I got to buy the single again." Like,
2: <laughs> I, I think, yeah, you know, if you're a new band coming up and you don't have, and this may sound ridiculous to some, but if you don't have like a five-year plan and i don't mean like a five-year plan of like you know saving money and stuff but you know i'm talking like a five-year plan of how you're going to approach an audience and keep that audience in 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 front of you right where you know you can't take those two-year breaks to make an album anymore right you can't do it um you can't i mean i mean bands go in the studio they're they're in the studio for two weeks at the most and they're pumping out another album you have to keep pumping out new music so people don't forget about you. Right. Um, I I think it's much harder to become a legacy artist, as you mentioned, but I I, I think the, the issue more, more or less is it it goes with that attention span with that, with, with the youth of today. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, and you don't want to be just outrageous to be outrageous. You want to be authentic, right? You want to be authentic in what you do because, you know, there's a difference between, there's a difference between being naturally, um, how do I phrase this? Naturally um, uh, provocative, whereas then there's the I'm going to do something outrageous because I know somebody will talk about
3: it. And <laughs> yeah. It's so easy, right.
2: it's yes. so easy for you to get for it to get picked up on social media. You know, I think the bands. I think the majority of the bands that are. You guys are laughing because I Cause know you guys happened you know, this past week. I don't. I don't. I, I, you guys can. You guys can have your pee break after <laughs> after the show. But, <laughs> no, but, just, um, but I think you I know when you do look year. at the bands, you know whether it's Greta, Dirty Honey, Mammoth, any of the new bands that are coming out, they're they're great musicians. I think the musicianship. Is, is, is very good with the new bands. But I, I also don't see that rock star persona where, mm-hmm. you know, when David Lee Roth was doing an interview on TV, you couldn't take your eyes off the of TV. When Ozzy was on TV, you couldn't take your eyes off. There's some good and bad in that. And I think there's some good and bad in how bands approach it now too. I don't think, you know, I often thought that we need new rock stars. We need someone to act like a rock star. And I think, yes, in a way we do but i also think the way our society is right now it's almost impossible to do that right i was going to say it's 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 harder to
5: to capture the fame and and hang on to that and and survive it um in in you know 30 years ago that was that was a different reason with with just the drug scene and everything else that may or may not be as prominent as it was now but the the fame is is harder to attain than than it was then i think yes
1: i think with like cultural sensibilities how they've you know evolved over the years i don't know if you know i i'd be interested to see like how well people would connect to someone that had that you know larger than life personality and was really that that full-on you know huge rock star thing i think that there would some of those people have such a magnetism. Like you said, you can't take your eye off them. Um, But I do think a lot of times nowadays that might be perceived as a little more of a gimmick. And I think that there are a lot of people who are going to more naturally just connect with that person who is super sincere um, and has that, that kind of soul to them. So I think there's room for both, but I, I would be interested to see like head to head, like what, what there would 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 transcend and and become the bigger deal um in the rock world if that makes sense
4: well and i think also too that the everybody's attitude is different too you could you could be a Motley crew and be total douchebags to everybody and get away with it because you, you know, you had some of the best music. Now there's like, we've been talking about, there's so much music out there that if you're a jerk to somebody, then they're not going to want to remember you or they're going to remember you for the wrong things, or they're going to trash you on social media yeah. and everybody's going to join in. And then you're the laughingstock of Twitter.
2: Yeah. I mean, you look at the latest example with, <laughs> with um, Dave Chappelle, you had, you know, his latest Netflix special come out and, you know, he, he's now smack dab in the middle of a controversy. Right. Um, there's a band, there's a new band, Dave Chappelle can withstand that, right? Yeah, yeah right, he's got right. Enough right, yeah. money to, that he's sitting on that he, if he's canceled, he never does another stand-up special, he'll be fine. Yeah, right. Um, but does a band like a Dirty Honey or Greta Van Fleet, do they... Can they withstand something like that? And the answer is no, they can't. I think so. Right. Yeah.
1: That's a very good point. And so, yeah, it's different. Like you can still be a rock star, but
4: it, it has to be different in some ways. Yeah. You had to just stand out in the crowd. You know, we were talking on our last show that just, you know, a lead singer or just any member in your band can stand out for different reasons. when I mean, we saw Eva under fire, they stood out for a couple of reasons. Like their lead singer, Eva, had a tremendous voice. She had great stage presence. She was all over the stage. They had a guitarist that was just goofy. He was wearing like a one piece, uh like yeah. jumpsuit. Eva under fire onesie (laughs) yeah and he was just a goofy goofy dude on stage and then their their lead guitarist was like this tall lumberjack dude uh i mean they just had great stage presence so i think you can make a name for yourself and, and just you know by being different by by being unique and by you know just being good at what you're supposed to be doing
2: yep
5: yeah
4: as the year closes
2: what what is your biggest takeaway of 2021 and what are you expecting in 2022? That's deep, (laughs) man. (laughs) Let's light the candles, man.
1: A takeaway. um, I mean, I'm glad that, that so much good stuff has happened and, uh, you know, you ever put it this way. you ever feel sick and you're so sick that you forget what it felt like to not feel sick. And you're like, life has always been this. This is terrible. How have I ever existed? That's kind of how 2020 was with music where it was like, I don't think we're ever going to hear, you know, a great new album a week again. And then 2021 came around after 2020 and it was, it was so much better in that regard. And there was so much creativity um, and, and that pent up, energy that people needed to get out artistically and on the stage and everything. And so I think that's going to continue even more now as the world continues to I guess you could say get freer and freer from from the entanglement of of covid. And um and so I'm looking forward to 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 it continuing to push to push and these new artists to come out and 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 so much stuff that was not able to to happen to start happening again
5: yeah i'm interested to see in in 2022 if if the uh, same amount of albums will even come close to 2021 just by the sheer volume of stuff that was released <laughs> it,
1: yeah i think it, i think it will i think we've got a as as jay was mentioning earlier i think we got kind of a resurgence coming yeah. along
4: yeah, and I think that 2022, you're going to see a resurgence of a lot of the old faithfuls, so to speak. You know, you have mm. your corns coming out with an album, Disturbs in the studio. So, you know, I think that it's it's going to be much of the same as 2021 in the sense that you're going to have a lot of new bands, but you're also going to have a lot of great bands. But, you know, I... I well twenty twenty was a little bit of a slow year for music, I don't think that rock music has been slow for the last you know five to ten years. You know we've been doing this twenty top twenty countdown for for just as long and and we've had to expand it over time and then we've a- added honorable mentions because there's just more and more bands. but I think one difference in twenty twenty one is the variety of bands and the different you know, the amount of new bands that are making it on the scene and making a name for themselves um, The just, just sheer volume of all these bands that are, are, are that are for one, that are great um, and that are, you know, making a name for themselves and, and, and just being great in, in all factions, not just with their music, but live and, and putting out good music videos. And it's just, it's just entertaining.
2: As we again, close the book on the year. And I know we've talked a lot about a lot about new bands in 2021 and how far things have come. How do you think 2021 will be defined 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, as we look back um, on this year?
4: Could it be as good as 1991, guys?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I definitely can't say that yet. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, that's 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 30 years <laughs> later though who knows the ridiculous bar yeah um we'll have to see how this stuff influences the future to get there you well know? and
5: i i think i think a big factor in that and and we mentioned this before is is staying power is how many of these bands are gonna gonna stick with it for 10 years
4: you know yeah, and that's that's exactly what i was just getting ready to say and i think <laughs> i think that's that's the going to be the determining factor is that a lot of these bands because i you know there's a lot of Either first albums or second album bands that that we talked about, um, and you know if we're we're still talking about them ten years, and they're probably five, ten albums into it by that time, and have yeah. obviously made a hell of a name for themselves if they're still around.
3: <laughs>
4: I think
1: I think to give an answer like more directly to your question, I think this year will be remembered as the year things started getting back on track because we've never had a year since yeah. since popular music existed. Where everything was shut down for a full year. People could not do concerts and tours. And and then this year, there's still a lot of cancellations and stuff like that throughout 2021, even into these most recent months.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But but like I said, there's kind of that explosion of creativity and energy after having it bottled up since February, March 2020.
2: This next question is something that I've discussed on this show frequently well recently a lot and it has to do with the choice of chasing streams or chasing radio um i still think radio is a or has a bigger impact on a new band in the beginning especially like serious satellite radio i i would definitely agree with you there yeah because i think you can have a song on Spotify or on these streaming platforms, but if no one knows who you are, it doesn't matter where I think if you're, if you, if you push your music to serious college radio or these local independent radio stations, these rock radio stations that are in big markets, I think the streams that will then follow. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. I think now you have this where they put bands put a sound out, or a song out, and there's hey let's get to this many streams or let's get to this, and I think that's great. I I don't want to I don't want to you know, crap on anyone's marketing plan because I think there's a reason for everything, but as as you tend to focus on what really makes these bands go is it's it's that radio airplay and we we mm-hmm. briefly mentioned plush in the beginning of this conversation. Their first song, Hate, came out earlier this year. There's no album behind it at the time. It's just a single. And it got picked up by Octane. right? And it was huge for them. I don't know if they're on the Mammoth tour without that big push from Octane. I don't know if they're opening up for Evanescence and Hailstorm without that big push from Octane. I don't know if they're on the Slash tour coming in the winter of next year. So, I, I yeah. think, yes, there are so many great platforms to discover and listen to music, but I still think radio matters more than people want to give it credit for now. Mm-hmm.
4: I would agree with that with with Sirius Radio, but I think more so because it's the conversations that it drives. I, I don't even know how, but I somehow ended up in a fan group of, of, a, of Sirius XM Radio. I don't even have Sirius XM Radio, but I'm in some kind of a fan group with them. <laughs> and I love it. I love it because that's all we talk about is music. And they're, they're always like somebody in there, like, oh, you know, Sirius is playing this song. This is great. Or Sirius is playing this band. You know, more people need to check out this band. Hey, how do I get this band requested? And it's just, the more I see them talked about in these groups, the more intrigued I am obviously to go look into them and investigate them. And that's when, I, you know, that's when I started streaming them myself. So yeah, I do agree with you, but you know, I think there's different different ways too, because I don't necessarily have radio. I don't listen to it, but the conversations that, that it drives are what leads me to investigating bands.
1: I think, yeah. yeah and I think places like Octane, like that's, that is, A major tastemaker and that's important to have and I, i appreciate what you were just saying jay because that really like validates what we do on a college rock station because i know one of the main reasons that the itch formed um was sort of in response to the fact that st louis radio um despite having multiple rock stations it was very homogenous you, would, you know we'll call them legacy artists at this at this point these same superstar bands or that stuff that you know barely qualifies as rock like imagine dragons and things like that showing up on there and and it's not to crap on either of those per se but it was made it so much more difficult to be exposed to new things um that qualify that really truly qualified as rock and That's so
4: how we got our name is because we found a niche or itch <laughs> yeah, yeah. st louis radio exactly right.
1: And so that's what we that's what we love to do is show off like we've been talking actually right before this conversation about returning to the studio um, and what we're going to be playing and we're excited because so much of what we're going to be playing is going to be stuff that's come out in the past year and a half since the pandemic, right, (laughs) and we have a backlog of stuff to get to now that's going to take forever.
5: To squeeze um, into a three-hour show every Sunday night
1: yeah. right, right. <laughs> but we're so excited about that because it's stuff that probably isn't being played on radio and I'm not trying to overstate our importance we're f- a fairly small show in a medium-sized market but there's still people listening there's it's a, still a KCLC has a great signal to be honest and so yeah. like there's room for that and those rock stations <laughs> that were playing the same stuff when we started 17 years ago are still playing that kind of stuff now and so there's there is a niche <laughs> waiting for us. Yeah. And so that's exciting.
2: Yeah. I, I think it's it's still very important because like you said, Aaron, it still starts a conversation.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't yeah. think streams really start a conversation. No. Um, you when you have when you hear a song on Octane or on radio, you're you're going to start talking about, oh, I heard this great song on Octane. Or if Octane's pushing them on social media because they've got so many followers, you're going to listen to that platform more than you would just a Twitter feed that is just you know pumping out new music. And I think there's a place for both of them, but I think the impact that you, just like you said, the conversation that can be started um, yes. leads bands like Plush on tours with Evanescence and Hailstorm. You know, if, if plush would have just been focused on streams and not went after radio and kudos to their management company for, for recognizing that. Cause I mean, you, I think with your management company, you do need a good radio pusher these days. Yeah. You need someone that, you know, I hear from a lot of bands that they're going to, you know, spend the money on radio. Well, you can have all the money behind you. If your management company doesn't have the relationships, with college radio stations inner uh um uh what do you call it um uh rock radio independent rock radio stations in major markets like la new york chicago and so on uh, you need those to have those to get those bands in front of people um and, and and have people listen to that and i think you know i i hear a lot of bands and they say oh my management company we're gonna we're gonna push these streams and I'm, and you know, it's like, I think that's great, but I, I think the focus is missed there. I don't think it, I think the opportunity is missed. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, we, we would agree. I think, I think Spotify and the streaming services are more reflective of how something is doing than the, the cause. I guess you could say, even going back to the mother, mother, I looked at their Spotify listenership the other day and it was enormous compared to what I knew it to be a few years ago. And I'm like, that's because people are being driven there from other places, mm-hmm. namely for, for them, namely TikTok, for a band like Plush, namely something like Octane. Right. Yeah, I will right. say that
4: sometimes these smart apps are too damn smart for their own good. <laughs> uh, and, and what I mean by that is that YouTube knows me very, very well. It's actually kind of creepy. Um <laughs> Me too. It scares it's me. It's tracking you. Yeah. They, no, because like there'll be a new artist that comes out and they're like, hey, you should check this out. And I'm like, maybe I should. And then I and then I, I, I lick, listen to it and I'm, I always tend to like it. I'm always like share the videos with the guys in our chat. And then I'm just like, man, damn you, YouTube, you always figure it out. Like, there's not one that they like send me like, oh, man, this is crap. I don't want to listen to this. But like. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's, I think that that's part of it. Though I, I do agree that yes, that radio does drive it, but I also think that the the smart technology that's out there now just is so good at knowing people and understanding how because what they're essentially trying to do to you is advertise, and, and the technology behind trying to advertise who you know specifically to who you are is just amazing, as a, where they know now to exactly what type of music down you know the, to sell you basically.
2: What will be the yeah, diary honest. entry for Anybody 2021 know. in rock music? Uh, welcome back. Yeah, I
5: was thinking the same thing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I that was, live music. No, that, that question. I that, that question was intended to be deep and thoughtful, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I get this back. That's great. That's awesome. I think
1: I. Yeah, I think I've already covered everything I could on well, uh, like on that like topic. You should so. have
2: asked that Listen. question with like a pipe. You know, like <laughs> the diary entry will be for 2021. <laughs> yeah. I get welcome back, Cotter. For yeah. that too, you know. <laughs> uh, no. I, I think in general, like you said, welcome back. But um, it's interesting to see the perspective of the artists that are writing music during this period. You know, what, um, and... Whether it's writing about the pandemic or willing to really bear their soul. And I think of the Pretty Reckless album.
6: Oh, man. Yes,
2: yes. I mean, I've never heard an album chronologically sing about or or, or have the topic of grief and the stages of grief and how all the songs connect with each other in such a beautiful, magnificent way. I mean, when I first heard the album... And I started it and I was, you know, to the last song, I, I was overwhelmed that an artist can really speak to that 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 subject. And I think there's a lot of that out there. I think there's a lot that of that with, with artists really sharing emotions that they've gone through, yep. whether it's mm-hmm. from the pandemic or even before. And I think, to me, if rock and roll keeps doing that they will find an audience because you guys mentioned anxiety rock. I think it was Aaron that mentioned <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. 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 yeah like, with the stresses I, I coined happening. that term. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can sing to stuff like that, you're going to connect with people. You're going to connect with younger people who yeah. need a voice or are looking for their voice.
1: I think, I think the pretty reckless is such a great example. Cause I think they're able to connect with multiple generations because of, 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 you know, who Taylor is and their sound and you know just that combination of of musical talent and that vulnerability that she puts out in that i think they're one of the le- I, I think that album that came out in february still one of our favorites of the year yeah yes. uh, um right is i think that's the one that pushed them into being like to me they're a-listers at this point or at least at least they're about to be if they aren't Yeah. like in the rock world
5: yeah and i think i think bands like that and and Badflower and eve under fire and A handful of others they they're not afraid to to sing about topics that a lot of it's it's hard topics that people don't really normally want to talk about but when you hear it in a song it makes you feel something or Mm -hmm. makes you take action for for something and i that's you have a thought there dan
4: well i was just say on the flip side of that you know not necessarily anxiety rock but like you know a lot of uh rock that was released this year is is like motivational rock in a sense that like you know get it like protest rock you know like there's fever 333 fire from the gods you know grandson there's all these bands coming out with political messages and with a lot to say because of everything that's going on around us and and the world and and basically what happened um in in the you know in the last year to everybody and how it affected different people differently yeah
2: Do you think that... Iron
4: Jones is another example, sorry.
2: Yeah, it's a great album. Um, Do you think that... We talk about the negatives of society, but do you think one of the positive things that's come out recently is that people are so open to listening about mental illness or about people's issues that it, 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 it gives musicians, it gives artists a kind of like a permission... To go there and, and sing about those things, which then for people who are looking for a voice who can't find it within themselves or find it in a song, I think that's a positive thing. I think that's one of the great things of, of how we're evolving as a society. I yeah. think
4: absolutely yeah. a band that epitomizes that transition of rock music to where it they they have become more open and and now uh their music is 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 completely different than when they started out but it's more emotional it's hollywood undead you know they came onto the scene as a club band uh and now the they're, they're just raw they they tell about their their feelings no matter what and you're just like whoa i didn't know this guy that was you know the most popular person at the club 15 10 15 years ago has like the same emotions that i'm going through it's just just crazy And, and i don't think that
1: that you know the human connection to authenticity and vulnerability is new per se but i do think you know 2020 was hard on just about everyone and 2021 has still been pretty hard on a lot of people yeah um and so you know, you're talking about bringing mental health out into the open. Like, yeah, we need to be able to talk some stuff out and, you know, release some of the, the I don't know, the, the feelings and the pent up pressures and stuff. And so I think that people are craving that, um, that openness and that vulnerability. That's why I think that bands like that um, resonate so well right now. And I think that that's definitely the future. I think that's what you will see in 2022 is a lot more of artists who can do that rising further and further towards the top.
2: Yeah. Well, gentlemen, this has been a, a great conversation. Uh, I think that's a good place to end, and and uh, we covered a lot. But I think we we really hit home on a, on a lot of things that uh, I wanted to talk about. And it's been a pleasure having this conversation with the three of you. Yeah, thank you so much, Jay. We really appreciate.
1: Yeah, thanks,
2: thanks for having us.
1: We've been wanting to do this for a while, so I'm really glad we could we could make it happen.
2: <laughs> me too. Me too. Let's do it again. <laughs> Definitely, we got room for you on an episode coming up pretty soon. I'm sure. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Well, everybody, that's Aaron, Daniel and Casey from the Itch Rock Radio and Podcast Show. You can follow them on the interwebs are on twitter i don't know if they're you guys on another social media platform every everywhere is Itch rocks yep. Itch rocks okay <laughs> Our com, our twitter instagram facebook and gmail all it rocks go ahead and check them out everybody thanks again for listening i'm jay scott this is the hook rocks the ultimate rock community podcast stay safe stay healthy Take care of each other we'll talk again soon thanks well the names
3: have all changed since you hung around But those dreams have remained and they've turned around Who'd have thought they'd need ya? Who'd have thought they'd need ya? here where we need ya here where we need ya Yeah, we tease him a lot Cause we got him on the spot Welcome back Good spot, friend. Welcome back. And I smile when I think I must have been. And I know what a scene you were learning in. Was there something that made me come back again? And what could ever lead you? What could ever lead where well, we need I you. Need you. Welcome back back welcome back welcome back welcome back.
0: Welcome back 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later all because of a fancy bike it's not just a bike. Peloton makes treadmills, too. Nah, all treadmills are the same. Our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically, so you never break your stride. Whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Tread risk-free with the 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial.